Christ is risen. He is risen Good morning. Today is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our sermon this morning is take a look at, at, at look at Luke chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. For some of you that might be familiar, because our devotion, daily devotion, was on Luke 14, chapters 1 to, verses 1 to 14. And if you went to the women's Bible study this past week, it happened to be on Luke. Chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. So we'll see where we're going to go with it. What we learn new, for, new, for, new with it. Um, as always, we pray that as we come together to worship, worship our Lord, that, that we are filled with joy. Our faith is strengthened as we, we hear God's word through so much of our service, through, through our liturgy, through our hymns and songs. Um, I, I hope through the, through the sermon, most certainly through the sacrament. Uh, that we received today. And we remind you, we'd ask you to please fill out the communion cards. Um, and whether you're coming to communion or not, because it's also an attendance. So let's rise and sing our opening hymn, hymn number 477, Alleluia, Alleluia, Hearts to Heaven. the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Let 
The Spirit of God calls forth sacrifices pleasing to God. Brotherly love, hospitality to strangers, care for all in need, faithfulness in marriage and the family, fearless joy in the Lord, right faith and right worship. Let us ask God to forgive our sinful neglect of faith's power to have free course in our life. Almighty God. May the God of peace equip you with everything good that you may do his will. In the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We sing, my Savior, my God. Simple and 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord of grace and mercy, teach us by your Holy Spirit to follow the example of your Son in true humility, that we may withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds avoid ungodly pride. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, verses 2 to 10. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to set things up. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence, or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end, when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another secret. Lest he who hears you brings shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison, although in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage be held undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, the words of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by force, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places 
by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gates in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us turn to him. Let us go to him outside the camp to bear the reproach of he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then let us confidently offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul, as though you will have to give an account. Let them do things with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of the ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a, on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told the parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the place of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. Join me as we recite the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and one Lord Jesus Christ, your 
Please be seated. We have any children this morning who would like to come up for the children's message? Welcome. Wow, it's all guys' day. All right. How are we today? Good? Good? All three of you? Yeah. Are you better than them or the same with them or about the same? Okay. So, I got a balloon with me today. What do you guys normally do with balloons? Load them up and pop them? Don't pop them. They'll fall up to the ceiling, but healing them. How about water? That has to be a water balloon. Throw them at people. Yeah, I'm with you there. Especially on these hot days you've had, huh? That's only with water balloon, and it's only as mom and dad say it's okay. I don't want to get in trouble. So there's a lot of things that we do with balloons, huh? We can do a whole bunch of, you know, because those, you ever see those really skinny balloons? You blow them up and you can make, like, animals and toys and things out of them. Only clowns? Yeah, sometimes. Laura? Yeah, Laura can do them. Usually once she's dressed up like a clown. So that would make sense. You know, maybe you're right. I can't do that. I've tried. I've been called a clown before, but it still doesn't work. I just can't get them done. But, you know, we are like balloons. You agree? Wow, I'm done. Why? So we get bigger. Okay, that's pretty good. You know, sometimes we get all puffed up. You know what that means, getting puffed up? We are thinking, I'm so good at all the things I did. You know, and so... This is my story, Joseph. I don't want to go that way today. I want to go a whole different way, okay? But hang in there with me. It's because that, there will be that moment. I'm sure. Um, sometimes we think we're just so great looking. No, huh? Sometimes you might think we're really, really smart. You know? You are. There we go. Maybe we're going to pass out as we keep trying to blow up this balloon. Sometimes you can blow up, right? Sometimes you think we're wonderful at sports. Anybody here think they're wonderful at sports? Sammy just says he does. If you don't believe him, take a look at his arms. They're all full of bruises and playing football. Um, but after church, maybe we think we are the best singer in the whole church. Not at all. Well, that's four of us who don't think we are then. Okay, we're good. So sometimes, we just get, think we're so much important than we are, right? And then something happens. 
Ah. It's okay. Relax. And when those things happen in our life, it kind of bursts our balloons, right? And guess what? I will grab it. Thank you. Jesus warned us about that. See, the Bible teaches us that if we are too proud or if we're puffed up like this balloon was, about ourselves, we are headed for an explosion. We're going to have a fall. Um, on the other hand, it also says in our gospel, if we're humble, you know what humble means? That means that, you know, we don't necessarily take credit for the things we do uh, and we put other people before us, right, and, and build them up instead of ourselves. And, and God says, you know, Jesus said in our gospel lesson today, that we may not get that reward here, but there's a better place. You guys know what that place is? Heaven. Absolutely. We will get a reward in heaven. So we're going to pray, and we're going to thank God for the grace that he gives us, but we're going to ask him also to help us to be humble, because being humble sometimes is really hard. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your grace. And your Son, our Lord Jesus. Jesus, help us to be humble. Remind us that whatever abilities we have are a gift from you. And that you are the one who deserves the praise. Thank you for your incredible grace. And these things we pray. In your holy name. Amen. Let's sing our hymn of the day. Thank you, guys.
grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, our text this morning is comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 1 to 14. In our reading today, Jesus told a parable. And in that, he teaches us believers to see what our sin otherwise might keep us from seeing. Helping our eyes to see and our ears to hear and the truth. And to emphasize to those who don't have faith just how lost and how confused they really are. And as we see here in our passage from Luke, Jesus not only expected, but in some cases intended, that the Pharisees and all the people that opposed him and his message would not understand what he really, really meant when he used the parable. And certain things that he had to say were only for the ears and the hearts of believers and were just words or stories to the non-believer. At this dinner that Jesus was at, he really had two messages that he wanted to get across. That selfishness and self-righteousness were so deadly and that these Pharisees would rather see a person die on the Sabbath than let go of their self-righteousness. And furthermore, this selfishness was so self-defeating that it was literally blocking all the goodness and the love that God had for his children. To unbelievers, it probably sounded like Jesus was simply babbling about dinner etiquette, who to invite, where to sit, and about children and oxen falling into wells. But Jesus was not teaching dinner etiquette. And he really wasn't concerned about telling dinner guests where they should or should not sit at dinner. No, what Jesus really wanted to get through to everyone's heads and to their hearts was that the way that they were believing, thinking, and acting was not God's way. It wasn't. And isn't the way truly righteous people Behave. Because believers are not concerned with self-promotion, with self-glorification. You see, Christ's way is clearly different. And Jesus wanted these Pharisees, in fact, he wanted everyone to look to God's grace instead of their own interests. Because God's way is different. Grace and its way is different. Now, to many people, grace isn't much more than just a word. They're aware that it has some kind of religious meaning, but they're not exactly sure or exactly what grace really means. They just know that Christians think great is simply amazing. And they get that because of the song, Amazing Grace. They know that their dad would sometimes say grace before dinner, and some may recognize that grace has something to do with religion maybe with salvation, and with how or why people get to heaven. But that's often the extent of their knowledge of the word grace. So since the point of this parable is grace, let's define what grace is. Grace is the forgiveness of our sins. Your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world. Grace is a free gift of salvation for everyone who believes. Grace 
is done for us or for others instead of by us for ourselves. So this this parable that Jesus tells shows, if you will, or gives advice about where to sit and to whom to invite and how does that teach you and me about grace? What does grace have to do with how we think or how you and I live? It said that we don't have to do anything to be saved because Jesus did it all for us. I also have said that we don't wait for eternal life because you and I already have eternal life and we have it right at this exact moment, before this moment, and after this moment. So what does grace have to do then with how you and I think and how you and I live on earth? I think that's a good question. Maybe you've never asked yourself that. Maybe you have. But if you haven't, now's the time to do that. Ask yourself the question, what does grace have to do with me living on earth? Take a few moments. Think about that question. Answer that question. So now imagine yourself sitting around that table where Jesus is telling us that story, the parable. I think Jesus would have been really happy if one of you stood up and gave the answer. Because nobody did at that table. So Jesus showed them anyway, as he does you and me. He showed them to con- the, the connection between the love of God and Christian humility. He showed them the way of God's grace. And that the way of grace is different. You see, a believer in Christ has a completely different idea of his own self-worth. Most of the world finds self-worth in what a person does, or has, or who he is. A doctor, a patient, a parent, an athlete, a president, a hero, etc. You fill in the blank. Or what one is. Race, class, height, beauty, brains. Or they find their worth and how one is honored by other people. Salary, money, the kind of car they drive, rank, privilege, awards, influence, etc. But the Christian knows God's law. And the Christian realizes that what he has done and what he keeps on doing is sin. The Christian knows that he breaks every one of our God's commandments in one way or another. And then he keeps on doing it because his sinful nature always wants to go the opposite way from what God wants. And the believer knows that he is a sinner just like every other human being on the planet. He understands that he is desperately in need of forgiveness. And absolutely, absolutely unable to save himself. Because our sin and our rebellion earns us only one thing. 
now understanding and accepting these truths of where we put ourselves in relation to God, does do a pretty good job, or should, of humbling a person. It's pretty hard to think highly of ourselves when we know we've disobeyed God. But that's really not what makes it possible for a believer to think or act the way that Jesus encourages us to do here. What makes the difference is solely God's grace. You and I realize that despite our natural unworthiness, God still loves us. He loves us so much that he sacrificed his own son, sending him to suffer and to die on the cross for you, for me, for our whole world. To take away every one of our sins. And think about that. If we matter that much to God, and we do, in fact, all people do, then human ideas of of status and honor become insignificant. I mean, who cares about the best seat at a wedding table? Especially when the guest of honor is Christ. Or even better than that, when you and I are the guests of honor at Christ's feast in heaven. The way way of grace is different. Grace also teaches us believers who have been given Christ's perfection as his free gift from God to put others first the same way that Jesus did. We're not only recipients of God's love by faith, but we are also distributors of it. And so we love our neighbor without regard for who or what they are or aren't. We love our fellow believers, spouses and siblings, the same way. Even when they, or your neighbor, rubs you the wrong way. And you're convinced That God even loves you anyway. God loves us when we are unlovable. God forgave us when we were unforgivable. That's the way of grace. And it's different. And you see how radical a change God's grace makes in the way a believer, the way you and I think and behave around others? And even how it changes the way that he thinks of himself. These Pharisees sure thought a lot of themselves. And even though they were in God's presence through Christ, I'm not sure they understood the humility Christ was teaching them through his healing. And understanding the humility that Christ was teaching them at the same time. By telling them to take the least place. You and I become humble in knowing what God, through Jesus Christ, had to do in order to save us. God the Son had to die in order to save you, to save me, to save others. 
And as Jesus teaches through this parable, when you humble yourself, you allow others to lift you up. And they may very well end up lifting you up higher than you would have placed yourself. Because that's the way of grace. Grace is different. God's grace is what makes the difference in our hearts. Because that's exactly the way God's love works, isn't it? Think of all the things that he has given you. All the things he continues to give you. And will, not, and will give not only to you, but to everyone on earth. Physically, we have sun, and we have rain, and we have food, and we have shelter, and we have clothing. Okay, we haven't had a lot of rain lately, but it's coming. I'm sure. But even more important than that, we have the forgiveness of sins. And we have life, eternal life, and salvation in Jesus Christ. We have the word of God and we have the sacrament in which we were about to receive. Think about this. Has the Lord given us, given you, any of those things expecting to be repaid? Of course not. And that, again, is God's grace at work. Believing has has God's love at work, or believers have God's love at work in their hearts. And God will open up more and more opportunities for you and me to be just like him in giving to those who can't give back to us. But here's the best part of God's amazing grace. You will get something back. Jesus says, that, he, that we will be blessed for the love we show and give to others. We will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous, he says. Our reward and our treasure is in heaven, which of course means that you and I won't always see our rewards in the here and now when we do things for others. But that's okay. Because we can still be confident that They're infinitely greater than anything we could gain here on earth. You see, when you and I give without worrying about being repaid, we can't foresee the rewards of kindness. But Jesus guarantees that they will be repaid in countless blessings at the resurrection, at the end of the world, when he comes to take his faithful people home with him to heaven. Because that's where grace carries you and me, to heaven. And heaven is where you and I belong. But not just us. It's everyone out there. It's everyone who doesn't believe. They belong in heaven too. But they can't get there. Unless they know God's grace. And they believe in Jesus. And that's really where you and I come in. It's sharing the grace of God's love with others, even if you don't like them. Because they need to know too. And God wants them there also. And so he calls you and me to share God's love with everybody here, everybody online listening, but all those we don't see, all those who are out there, 
Maybe in your workplace. Maybe in your school. Maybe in your neighborhood. Maybe someplace else. But as you and I live in the grace of God, let's give it to others too. Because the way of grace is different. And so are we. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Empower us by the Holy Spirit to not only live in your grace, but to share that grace with others in any way that you would have us do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's rise for prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all the goodness and loving kindness you have bestowed on us, especially for redeeming us through the great sacrifice of the death and resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and for giving us the gift of true repentance, faith, hope, and love by your Holy Spirit. Work in us a right understanding of your will and grant us hearts, lips, and lives that show forth true thanksgiving in all we say and do. Lord, in your mercy, guide and govern your church throughout the world, that all may walk in the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace, and in righteousness of life. Send your grace on all ministers of the gospel and upon the congregations committed to their care, that they may please you in all things. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy upon all who are in authority over us, those who keep watch over our souls, as well as those in the authority of worldly government, that we may have free course to live as you redeem, as your redeemed people and serve one another in love. Bless all who serve to protect us in our nation and our community. Lord, in your mercy. Prefer, preserve those who travel and help all who call upon you in any need that they may have patience and trust in the midst of suffering, <clears throat> excuse me, suffering and according to your will, be released from their afflictions. And, and this morning we lift up especially Mike Corby recovering from his automobile accident, Barbara, who is still having tests, tests for internal bleeding, and Bob Morrison's cousin Sandra, who is nearing death. Lord, in your mercy. We remember with thanksgiving those who have loved and served you in your church on earth, who now rest from their labors. Keep us in fellowship with all your saints and bring us at last to the joys of your heavenly kingdom. And Lord, we especially remember Joe Dean, who was called home this week, and we ask that you would bless her family with peace. Lord, in your mercy. In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us in all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us 
when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. All who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we love to magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and singing. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation. For you've had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we may faithfully eat and drink of the fruit of, of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his name, as he has taught us. Our Father, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Peace be
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. You sing Rock of Ages.
Amen. Please be seated. Do we have announcements today? They can't hear you online if you don't. My name is Bob Roth. I'm a member of the Board of Education, a Christian Education. Uh, Doreen usually makes these announcements, but she's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So you're going to have to suffer with me. Uh, I'm here to uh, remind you of the open house for the Early Learning, C- Learning Center on uh, Thursday. 9.22 at 6 p.m. Uh, there will be a barbecue with hot dogs and uh, there will be uh, salad and desserts. If you can, uh, uh, bring a salad or dessert. That would be a help. And please talk with uh, Eileen or uh, Donna. Uh, it will be a nice gathering. It's open to the, all the uh, people in the church and and I guess we've got some new teachers that are going to be there, and uh, everybody's welcome. Uh, and also, I need to remind you of the uh, Harvest Festival on Saturday, October 15th. And then on we need help with that also. Uh, Teacher Appreciation Sunday will be the following Sunday. On October 16th. That's it. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Bob. And Donna's here someplace, right? Donna, stand up. Oh, she's in the back. Eileen, stand up so they know who you are. As Bob mentioned, you need this. So Donna's over there. Eileen's over there. You can see them. Other announcements? Laura? In two weeks, on September 11th, just after service at 10.30, we are having a welcoming of new members and all of us, a brunch potluck. So um, it'll be fun. We're going to play bingo and have prizes. And if you have come to First or Trinity Lutheran, um, since 2016, you're a new member. <laughs> we couldn't quite pinpoint, you know, who is, but it's for all of us. So um, it's a brunch. Um, there's a sign-up out in the narthex, and you can put your name and who, number of people and what you're signing up for. Um, we would love to hear from the new members, so contact the church office or pastor, or an elder, and um, that information will get back to the fellowship committee. So we have an idea of if we're going to have five people, or 150 people. All is good. So, thank you. I vote for 150. Okay. I'm sorry? Oh, the elder stand. Okay, Sorry. Sometimes, okay, would all the elders that are here today stand up? Hey. Okay. 
Wow. All but one. Awesome. And he's sick, so we're good. Thank you. Maybe. You going to be good? I'll be quick. I will be quick. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, my name is Vicki, and I'm just here to announce that Thursday we're going to be starting up our fitness class at 9 a.m. in the fellowship hall. If you have any questions, if you've never been before, I'll be out in the narthex. Ask me anything you want. We have a few ladies here that have been doing it for a, a little bit, and um, it's just a great way to work on your strength and flexibility and uh, all those things that um, are important. So, I'll be out there. Thanks. Thank you, Vicki. And she's good. They know already. Yes. Right after you work your bodies, you get to work your souls. As we have women's, women's Bible study at 10. And in a few weeks, we're having men's Bible study at 6.30? 7 o'clock. What was that? What? No, I told them 8.45. So we're good. So, so, so a couple of weeks, all a.m., a couple of weeks, the men's Bible study starting at 7, the exercise class at 9, and then 10 o'clock, the women's Bible study. So it is party time at Trinity Lutheran on Thursdays. So we get to feed our bodies and feed our souls. No donuts, I'm told. Go figure that one. Okay. Hmm? Ouch. Well, then I gotta have a donut. <laughs> My wife is saying I have to be in that class. She's talking about Vicky's class. <laughs> oh. Nobody tell. Okay. What? I know you have ice. <laughs> You can't tell it, Ricky. Okay. Um, other announcements. Okay, just a couple of real quick announcements. So, on the back table in the narthex, straight out the doors, there is this hymnal. It's called "All God's People Sing." It's put out quite some time ago by uh, those in church, Missouri Synod, and uh, it has. And it's great for children. If you have children in your house or grandchildren, it's really easy to follow. In fact, this is put together. Really, four children, but it became a, a supplemental hymnal in our worship services. Um, so, but, and they have some great hymns in it. They have some wonderful prayers, little, little uh, prayer services you can do at your house, uh, with your kids, with your older kids, with friends, grandparents, and so forth. And they're free. So please take And they're all in wonderful shape. Pardon me? Because we have all these other hymnals. Ready. All, everything, most of the hymns in this book are in there, except for the ones that did not pass theological things. So there are a few hymns in here that are, are okay. But they no longer. Yeah. Baptist. <laughs> yeah, there are a few of those too. So, but it is a, it's, it's a really easy one to sing. Sing stuff. Very easy. So please take one. We would love for everybody to have one in their house. You know, if you, if you, if you don't have any hymnals at all. And if you, if you have hymnals, it's great because if your grandkids come for a visit or you have kids, it's a lot easier when they're handing them, please turn to page 5 or page 15 of the old, old TLH or Divine Service 5 in the new hymnal. What is Divine Service 5 in the new hymnal? This one's really simple. So please grab them on your way out. 
we have Bible study in about, wow, about 20 minutes. So grab a cup of coffee, chat, say hello to somebody. If there's somebody here you haven't seen and never met, please say hello to him. Let's go in peace and let's serve the Lord.